0: That's tighter than Superman's underwear. Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian McCourt. So yes, it's that time of year again, the time you hate more than small talk, the time you hate more than when you put on a coat over your jumper and the stupid sleeve of the stupid jumper rolls up to your stupid elbow, and the time you hate more than a TV show where you have to just make it through the two seasons before it gets good. Yeah, it's international break. Here's talk about none of those pet peeves and all about football is Danny Isroff. Good morning. Fabian Gorsler. Hey uh-huh. hey. Two of OneFootball's finest footballing brains. And back again in the glutton for punishment role, it's Ali Moody. Hello. From Deutsche Villa. So it is international week, but none of you look too disappointed. There's all I, a bit I of actually, a, there's a general sense of I, smile
1: around I the, have the a podcast. confession to make. Go on. I don't mind
0: international breaks. You think, might be the only
1: one in the whole newsroom.
2: Why is that a confession? I don't mind international breaks either. Oh, okay. I mind them a little bit, to we're, be honest we're, with you. They're we're we're about
0: even here. It's not bad. Well, I'm sort of on the fence. Oh, okay. When Ireland are doing well, I'm very excited for international breaks. When Ireland are not so, uh, not doing so well, then I'm, I'm less, less you know, excited. England
3: always do well in qualifying. What? Well, almost always do well in qualifying and they're never at tournaments so even when England are doing well it's kind of got this sort of bittersweet quality to it anyway. Because you know a negative thing is like a, a kind of crashing yeah. end is on the horizon. It's ultimately pointless basically when England <laughs> are doing well because you know it's never going to actually come to anything big.
0: So speaking, speaking of England there mm. is one good international on and that is the game against
3: Germany tonight. How excited yes. are you for this? I'm actually despite what I've just said quite excited. For this game. Um, in particular, I'm excited about seeing who Germany put out there because there's a couple of loves big players, loves go uh, go-to players who are out injured uh, with Neuer, of course, and Ozil. And then a couple of others who are really quite badly out of form with um, André Schürrle and in particular Thomas Müller. I know he scored at the weekend, but he's only got a couple of goals all season. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing whether he replaces some of the big players with some young players, like, in particular, Timo Werner, who's got his first call-up for Germany. Uh, RB Leipzig striker, who scored 14 goals this season, is only 21 years old. And he could be the answer to this striker problem that Germany has had ever since Löw decided that he didn't really fancy Mario Gomez, um, who's also out injured, incidentally. Um, yeah, Werner is a really exciting young player. He's incredibly quick. He's added uh, good finishing to his game this season and um, I'm really excited to see if he can pull it off. I'd like to see some others as well, though. Leroy Sané, I think, has done quite well for Man City recently, a couple of goals in the, uh, the Champions League tie against Monaco recently. Um, but they've got so many, Germany. Julian Weigel in midfield, you've got Zula at the back as well, Joshua Kimmich. Um, there's, there's talent, there's young talent, all the way through that Germany squad, and it kind of jars they were a little the, with the England squad.
0: They were the five players picked out by the Times today as Germany's best oh, young really?
3: players. No, oh, I haven't read the times today but uh yeah it's good that I'm not the only one that sees. So who who, who, who do you work. think
0: he's going to go with? who's going to get there who's going to get their chance
3: to shine? I I do think Werner will. Um even though it's the first call up he's had I think um with the injuries that I mentioned Love might feel kind of forced into throwing him in especially in a friendly game. Um I'm not really sure about anyone else across the pitch because in central midfield Germany's pretty well stocked with Kroos and the like. Um likewise in defense. Um but one player we can almost guarantee, well, can guarantee we'll play and start as captain. Not a youth player, but uh, at the other end of his career, Lucas Podolski. Of course, it's his farewell game. Oh, Podolsky's going to be captain. He's going to be, yeah, that's what Liv said yesterday in his press conference. Oh, that's quite a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a kind of fitting way for Podolsky to end his career.
0: Well, we, I did want to get onto this, so maybe we'll just do it now that we have it naturally mm-hmm. here. It's going to be his his goodbye I'm just wondering how you think his German career will be remembered. I mean, Love was talking yesterday and he said he's one of the greatest players this country has ever seen. I thought that was a bit much.
3: That is a little bit much.
0: He has, he has
1: 48 goals, I think, right? That's yeah. a lot of
0: goals yeah. for an international team. I think the vast and majority in, in, of those were scored before 2010.
1: Yeah, but in important games. As well. I mean, he's done it in, in, in tournaments and stuff. He's a big player for me. I mean, he
2: has been a big player. One of the greatest players Germany's ever produced? Maybe not skill-wise, But in terms of performance, sure, yeah. Uh, He's one of those players who always brought it for the national team, even when he wasn't bringing it for his club team, much like Mario Götze, although he's not bringing it anywhere anymore. (laughs) Um, And won't be for a long time, it looks like. Yeah, but I mean, Danny said 48 goals. It's, It's a lot 130 games. I mean, there's a reason he was picked 130 times, or it will be 130 tonight. I mean, you know, there's reasons for that. I think it's also important that he's, uh, he's a sort of social glue that bonds together a lot of that squad,
0: which is often often underlooked, I think, when it comes to Podolsky. He seems to be the one that kind of can joke around and he can, you know, love can send him out to bat should he need, you know, at various press conferences as he's done before. Yeah, he's so, one of those
3: players who always looks like he's got a grin on his face, uh, even when he certainly doesn't. Um, he's on social media as well. He's always this, been this great presence for... Germany, um, at the World Cup in 2014, uh, it felt like he was basically just running a, a kind of quasi-DFB account on Instagram. <laughs>
0: um,
3: but I think that's important for, for Poli, certainly since 2010, as you say. But I think the work he did before that as well um, for the national team was incredibly important. And it really, along with the work that the likes of Schweinsteiger and Lahm did and Mertazaka, it really set the base for that um, Germany team that did come through to win the World Cup. I also think Germany is a country too that he's done, he's
0: the son of two Polish immigrants mm-hmm. and he was the face, especially around 2006, of this new Germany that could be a lot prouder of its its immigration culture and its uh, its nationalism. And he was very much the face of all that in 2006, along with, you know, uh, Schweinsteiger and all the, the rest of that team. And mm-hmm. so he's almost like, he's slightly big, not to, Send too grandiose about it, but he's slightly bigger than football
3: in that respect. Totally. I mean, he was the poster boy, literally the poster boy of the Sommermerchen, um, the, the 2006 World Cup in Germany, where the Germans didn't really think they had much of a chance going into it. And then these young, talented players, kind of like, um, obviously Poldy and, and Lahm and Schweinsteiger, linked up with the likes of Balak um, to get into to the semifinals and play some great football along the way. Mm um and that was a really important moment for german football and that's kind of what i was talking about with laying the groundwork for what was to come 8 years later with obviously another generation of, of great talents on top of that um and what you say about him being the the son of two polish immigrants as well uh, one of his biggest career moments i think would have been in 2008 when he scored uh against poland oh yeah uh, at the euros yeah and you know didn't celebrate but it was clear that it was. they were still kind of big goals for him, big goals personally. Um, I think there's a lot that Podolsky stands for in German football that isn't necessarily linked to winning trophies. Um, and you mentioned it before with uh, scoring um, a lot of goals for Germany, even when he wasn't playing well for his club, the being the son of immigrants, you know, um, being part of this 2006 Sommermerchen generation, there's a lot that Podolsky stands for that, isn't the same as the 2014 world cup and i think that's what he'll be remembered for
0: what will england be remembered for tonight yeah good question they, they did
1: um, win in the the last one right um, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I went, I think I think three, england haven't two. lost
0: yeah. england haven't lost in germany since i think it's 87 or 89 yeah see look how good they are <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> Great right yeah. and they've uh, one of the more interesting aspects i guess of gareth southgate's sentimental free first squad is there's no Wayne Rooney, but there is a Jermaine Defoe. Anyone want to argue against that?
2: I know Rooney said he's injured. <laughs> against sort of... against Jermaine Defoe being there yeah. or Rooney not being there? Well, either or. Well, I mean... It's hard to justify Rooney, isn't it? It's hard to justify Jermaine Defoe. Well, you think so? He's banging them in for Sunday. Yeah. Um, 14 but, goals. Is but yeah. Yeah, 14. but is, he, is he a different kind of player to the players that they already have? I don't think so um and so why bring how old is he like 30 or whatever I think. 34 I think he's a bit younger than that yeah he's 34 34, 34 yeah. yeah he's 34 why why bring a 34 year old this is this is the problem with england you know they're they talk big talk about building for the future but then where's that he, future here's,
1: so here's the question who would you bring instead because i think i, I think he he deserves to be in the squad because He's in. He's in better form than the, it's. It's. It's a kind of damning indictment of, of the players that England have produced that he's in the squad. But that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be there based on based on form.
2: Is he going to be playing in eighteen months? So that's what you have to think when you're qualifying. Mm. Yes, you have to qualify. But England usually always does well in qualifying. Will Jermaine Defoe? But, but, but name a player. Help them qualify more than another player. But who should be in the squad? That's
1: that's what I'm saying. There's that's a not, real dearth not, of. There's it's a dearth not my of job available. To, to
2: pick a player. I'm just saying in my opinion. Why bring a 34-year-old that's not going to be playing at the next World Cup? The Spain I've
3: brought uh, Adarith back before the Euros last year. Mm-hmm. And he's 36 now, I think. Yeah, or he was 35 at the yeah. time. So it's not like England are the only ones to have done this. I think, I mean, I, I really can't see who else is there. When you look at Marcus Rashford, well, surely he's barely played as a centre-forward.
0: That's it. You would play Rashford as a centre-forward. No, he's in then, the squad. Yeah, he's I in mean, the squad too. There's no, I, don't, I don't have any issue with Defoe being the But in squad. the starting 11, would you have Defoe ahead of Rashford?
2: I guess that's a more pertinent question.
3: I would go with Rashford. I'd go with Vardy, probably. Um, Vardy shouldn't be
2: in the squad either, in my opinion. I mean, what has he done this
3: season? Nothing. You wouldn't have any strikers in the England squad. (laughs) 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 So
2: Germany would beat them easily.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I I think Rashford would be,
0: if I were England manager, Rashford would be the one that I would go for. Anybody else have anything else to say about England? I don't think so. No, or this well, game in general. I, I did like just one thing. I liked yeah. um,
1: the the quotes that Gareth Southgate came out with recently, where he was saying that the Premier League isn't the center of the universe, and we have to to start looking, you know, kind of outside the island and take on different ideas and different methods. In a way, a lot like what Germany famously did. Um, around the turn of the century, and I think that shows a kind of shift in the the thinking from England in England management, and that's that's quite promising for them. It's yeah,
3: surprisingly refreshing view yeah. in Brexit Britain. Yeah, I
0: wonder if he could become a sort of Joachim Love, um figure for England. Uh, There's not a huge amount of but nobody's really expecting much from Gareth Southgate.
1: No, that's true. But uh, on the on the other side, I mean, he doesn't have a tremendous amount of experience, and uh, well, I think he, he has neither, he has he? a lot yeah. to prove.
0: Love didn't have a huge amount going in. I think he did one or two stints in management, but hadn't been particularly successful, if I Mm, remember. No, I mean, and,
3: you know, England have had Fabio Capello before and, you know, managers who have won things and and, (laughs) successful in a very different way with Sam Allardyce as well. And, you know, he didn't last very long, did he? So, um...
0: I still feel bad for big Sam.
3: Yeah, although he kind of brought it on himself, didn't he? But... um, I think with Southgate, I mean, international football and club football are not necessarily the same thing. And I, I don't have a problem with the fact that Southgate hasn't had much success at club football. Um, I think he is the right kind of man to take English football forward a bit a bit more sort of intellectual than a lot of the other options out there. Um, he'll think more about the future as well. So I'm excited to see where it goes in the next couple of years. Can we get some quick predictions for tonight? Germany 2-0. 2-2. Oof.
2: Oh, I don't know, because this isn't gonna be quick, but um I feel like this game for Germany is more about Podolski whilst for England it's more about beating Germany. So I think I actually think England will win two one.
0: Okay. Nice. So speaking of tasty fixtures late on Thursday night, early on Friday morning, Argentina take on Chile in some very precarious circumstances for both sides, eh Danny?
1: Yeah, they're both in a bit of trouble. I mean there's the, the marathon kind of South American qualifying um, where each team plays each team twice, and we've got six games left. Uh, Argentina are in fifth, Chile are in fourth, and Colombia are hot on, uh, on both of their tails. Um, and only the top four qualify automatically for the World Cup. So, so there's a, you know, a decent chance that, that if one of them were to lose tonight, uh, they, they, they'd be in real trouble.
0: And Colombia play Bolivia. So if mm. Colombia beat Bolivia as you would expect them to do because right. they're at home. At home yeah. Uh, they would overtake both of them is that right?
1: Uh, yeah well I mean depending on the Argentina Chile result. Oh yeah, of course. For, um, yeah, yeah. So not looking
0: good for Argentina.
1: No, definitely not and they've got this whole thing where the 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 players are boycotting the media and the uh still the, the still still because um it all stems from uh, a report about Lavezzi smoking marijuana in the team hotel, I think, during the, uh, the last time they were together. And then the, the, the federation there is still a mess. The domestic league is a bit of a mess. Um, so, so, yeah, they're in a bit of a, a tricky position going into,
0: going into an important match. And then they play Bolivia in a few days too.
1: Yeah. In, in Bolivia. In Bolivia, which is a, a, at altitude, so notoriously tough place to play.
0: I've been to uh, La Paz have you have you I, been
1: to a, a game in La
0: Paz? I haven't been to a game in La Paz, no. But I can testify. I mean, I was less than a healthy fit athlete at the time, but I can testify that it is it is hard even just walking around the city. They, being um, going on the stairs is a real nightmare. Yeah, because it? it's it has this sort of La Paz has this sort of bowl shape to it, and so half of the city, you know, you're you're walking up, you know, to get anywhere all the time. It's just it's like you're one of those heavy breathers on a, on a phone they, call.
1: Um, I think it was in the 2010 qualification. Argentina lost 6-1 there with all the players they have. It's really crazy what the, what the altitude can do. I'd love to know, Bolivia. does anybody happen to know Bolivia's home
0: record? <laughs> <laughs> it is really good. I don't know yeah, what it I is, ma- but I, I know it's really good. I imagine it's exceptional. Right. Um, anything else you'd like to point out about this game, Danny? Chile could have points docked, didn't we? We were talking about this. Uh, they could, yeah. I mean, so so, see, so it could be even
1: worse for them. Right, they're in a, a, a kind of tricky position as well. They're still waiting on, um, uh, who did they play? I think it was uh, Bolivia. One of those um, where where they drew the match nil nil, and then uh, it turned out Bolivia had played with a, an ineligible player. Um, and so they the they, they were given the forfeit and given a, a three 0 win, but they've now appealed that to the Court of Arbitration for sports. so they could lose a couple of points. Um, they have some injuries and suspensions. Alexis Sanchez's ankle is still a yeah a question mark. Um, and so yeah, they 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 could find themselves in trouble too. And let's not forget, this is the the two time reigning Copa America champions,
3: the Chile side. Yeah, yeah, a very good Chile side. Even the far. Argentina in the final both twice. Times, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, that's annoying for Argentina. Yeah. Poor Lionel Messi. I mean, we say we feel sorry for Sam Allard, or at least I feel sorry for Sam Allardyce. I feel even more sorry for Lionel Messi when well, it comes to most international, international, uh, and, international and, competitions. Uh,
1: I mean, imagine what a tragedy it would be if Argentina didn't qualify for, for Russia 2018 and sort of what you'd imagine would be the last chance for Messi in his prime. Right to. to I mean, if they
0: finish fifth, they play somebody from Oceania. Yeah, so finishing
1: fifth basically guarantees that you make the World Cup. But (laughs) if 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 Colombia, you know, jump ahead of them and Chile are still ahead of them, then they're sixth.
0: So with five games left, that would go down as one of the greatest tragedies in
3: Argentinian history. Will that attacking talent that be? No, it
2: would
1: be a real shame. Just
2: wait for uh, Maradona to come out with some quotes (laughs) about Messi and how he can't cut it. Oh,
0: God, he's such a renter quote.
2: Anyway, uh, back in Europe, we have
0: Spain taking on Israel in what sounds boring, but it's actually quite interesting because to put this in perspective for listeners, Spain are top of Group G, tied on 10 points with Italy, while Israel are on nine points in third place. That's tighter than Superman's underwear, it says here.
3: It is indeed. Israel really pulled the short straw with this group, didn't they, getting Spain and Italy. Oh, that's that's <laughs> annoying. I think there's another group that's like Ukraine and Croatia are the top two ranked sides. Israel must be wondering how they didn't get into that one. Um, yeah, very tough to qualify for Israel, obviously, given those two. But they're, they're doing a pretty good job at the moment of, of keeping up. But they did um, lose to Italy at home already. So they kind of need to get a big result. Probably a, a bigger away result against one of Spain or Italy if they want to uh, qualify. Um, they have been doing pretty well, as you say, like nine points, three wins out of four. Uh, Tommy Hamed scored three goals in, in those four games as well, so they've you know they've got a, a, a in form uh, forward there, the Brighton player. Um, but really, I think this game is about Spain and, and just how uh, how well they're playing at the moment, how how well they can do. Um, Pedro's back in the team for the first time, deservedly since, so. Yeah, I think so. Um, His Chelsea form has definitely improved this season. I think, I'm not sure that was the reason, like his club form, I'm not sure that was the reason that he was out of the squad in the first place. I think it was more him saying, if I'm not playing, then I'm not going to bother with the national team at the Euros, Um, which is not the sort of thing that goes down particularly well when you're a country like Spain and you've got attacking talents, you know, coming out of your eyeballs. Um, Gerard de la is back as well, back in the squad. The first time oh, that's nice in to see a few too. years, yeah.
0: Because Spain are really short in the midfield apartments. Yeah, totally. Those tricky yeah. midfielders are just playing around. Yeah, don't they're really missing out on line around,
3: yeah. uh, But it's another player who's improved a lot this season since he joined Milan. Um, you know, he's, he's really picked himself up. Um, he is a very good player, by the way, Delafay. Very talented. Yeah. He's a huge talent if he can uh, keep his focus and, and get some form of consistency going. Um, the one I'm really looking forward to seeing, though, is Thiago. Because I think he's been. I thought you one of the were going to say Piquet and,
0: uh, Pique and Ramos playing central defence, holding together. hands. Yeah, holding this has hands. been
3: going on for for years. though, PK and Ramos. They can't stop. I bet they're each good friends. Up.
0: Well, Ramos
1: said today that he uh, he was going to give Piquet a hug. That's that's, that's nice, how he was going <laughs> to greet him. Yeah, no, I think I think the whole thing's kind of blown out of proportion a bit by the by the so. media. To be yeah, honest, yeah, that
3: Barca Real Madrid rivalry is so kind of hyped up that I think they can't help but play into it when they're. At Barcelona, exactly. Madrid, but
0: yeah. You want to talk about Thiago,
3: though? I do want to talk about Thiago a little bit, yeah, because I think um, he's been one of the best players in the world for me over the last six months or so. Um, his form for Bayern this season has been brilliant oh, since, he's sensational since He came in. Yeah. It's, it's weird, but I think he's actually got a lot better since Guardiola left, um, which would kind of seem backwards to me. You'd think that mm. he's a classic Because he was player. desperate
0: to play under Guardiola. Yeah, <laughs>
3: um, wasn't getting the chances that he he wanted. Perhaps wasn't playing in the position he wanted. he played a lot further forward for large parts of this season. Um, But yeah, if he can translate his club form uh, across to his international performances, then, um, yeah, Spain could really be an unstoppable team. again.
0: What I love about him is how he just drifts into space, like his runs, the way he just finds it, and then nobody seems to be able to pick him up. It's it's otherworldly. Yeah, I think that was
3: um, one of many things that Arsenal Really struggled to cope with uh, in that first leg. He moving between the lines like that. <laughs> one of many. Yeah. Um, Spain.
0: Spain have never lost a home World Cup qualifier. Never. 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 Well
3: That's don't pretty see good. Israel no? being the first team to yeah to break that <laughs> wow. run. To be honest with you.
0: You had something you wanted to say about Israel?
1: Oh no! I just love one of their players, Aaron Zavi, who uh, who who was at um, Maccabi Haifa, but has now gone off to China. Like any good. Um, striker in yeah. search of in search of some money. Uh, who's a fantastic goal scorer
0: and just a really good, good player to watch. Is he in the squad for this? He is. He should. He should be captaining them. Do you think he will? He can cause Piqué and Ramos any problems? Um, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> we can hope. Okay. Um, Fab, you have an eye on Bulgaria against the Netherlands. Yes, I do. Um, you want to tell
2: us all about it? It's a massive game for the Netherlands. Is it really? Um, yeah. Oh, it is. is. That's true. I have the it's groups huge. here. It yeah, is yeah. really big for them. They're on yeah. seven points, three points behind um, France. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bulgaria is on six points, mm-hmm. two spots below. So obviously they want to keep distance between them and the rest of the pack, chasing France. Um, but I think a couple things, you know, the Netherlands haven't been that great in recent years. and um, And the squad selection has shown that as well. PSV, won their second league title last year or second in a row. And um, last year the squad was full of PSV players. This year they're playing very, very poorly and there's only one PSV player in the squad, the goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it, it, it kind of, that showcases the problem that Danny Blint has with when he, when he has to select a squad. So many Dutch players are in and out of form from year to year. It's hard to have consistency. And, I think consistency is very, very, very important on the international level, which is also why uh, Löw constantly picks the same players, even if they might not be performing that well, because he trusts their abilities. And Danny Blinn obviously doesn't have that trust in his players yet, or he just hasn't found his best squad yet. Which would explain why they revert to so many of those older players for so long. Exactly. Um, but I think the, the biggest hope for the Netherlands is uh, Memphis Depay, um, because uh you know as a united fan i really really wanted him to come good uh in england but he obviously didn't now he's in france and he's uh he's tearing it up he's got five goals two assists in 10 games in liga and um i think he can be the catalyst for dutch qualification if he can keep it up for lyon and also translate that to the um to the dutch squad i think they need that one player to kind of Pull everyone, you know, pull everyone up, and just be like, you know, this is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're gonna play, and just lead by example, I guess.
0: Are you scoring sensational goals too?
2: Yeah. Oh, that that goal from halfway. Oof. Better than Beckham's, I would say. Better than Beckham's. Yes, I would go yeah? yeah? with that too. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Beckham had tons of space and time
1: to pick out his thing. Memphis kind of just turned around and without even looking. Yeah, he didn't even look it, up. It, it, I watched that replay yeah,
2: twenty it, times. Incredible. He didn't look up. Incredible. Someone okay. say
3: that means it was more. About then uh, No, he knew joking. where he was, I think. <laughs> he knew
2: he where, where the keeper was, too. But okay, okay. At some stage,
0: you're going to want to ask me about Ireland against Wales? Yeah, tell us about Ireland against Wales. Well, Ian. I think it's arguably the standout fixture of the entire week from oh, a yeah? European perspective. Dude. Anyway. So from all the fixtures, including... Uh, Home nations. <laughs> the problem is, it's not good news for Ireland. There's no Robbie Brady, no Shane Duffy, no Harry Arthur, no Wes Houlihan, no Rob Elliott, no Paul McShane, no Kieran Clark, no Liam Kelly, no David McGoldrick. Do you have any players left after that? Well, we've no James McCarthy either, who's also looking like a doubt. Um, I mean, not all of them would have been pushing for a start. I mean, Brady and Houlihan for sure, but and McCarthy potentially, but... Yeah, that's not good going into a game against Wales. Ireland, in case you didn't know, gentlemen, are top of the group. Two points ahead of Serbia, four ahead of Wales with four games gone. Serbia played Georgia, and it's away from home. But I feel like Israel would have loved to be in that group. Israel would have really enjoyed this group, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, You know, if if there is a God, he'll be doing something, he or she will be doing something to help Georgia play well, is what I would say. Um so yeah, it's not looking good. Not looking good for Ireland is what I would say. I'm very skeptical about this. Very very skeptical and I'm worried. Do you have a prediction for us? Ah. Oh, see, it's not a must win. How have I described it here? Yeah, it's not a must win. It's not but it's not really a, I don't mind a draw either. I'm I'm so in between about this. I'll say one all. One all. Okay.
3: Wait, is it uh, in Ireland or It's it...
0: in Ireland, okay. yeah and Roy Keane had some nice quotes beforehand basically said let's just go out and hammer Gareth Bale (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's a very Roy Keane it is a lovely Roy Keane and I think if if Ireland go with that attitude that 1-0 might just be a 1-0 have
3: Wales got all their all their key players they've got their key players
0: even even, um, Aaron Ramsey even Aaron Ramsey even Aaron Ramsey Danny, it's been a while since we've had you on, and it's been a while since we talked MLS, so let's address that error right away. And let's start with Tuesday's big news. Bastian Schweinsteiger. He's off to play a character in Chicago Fire. Yeah, it's a great move for the for the TV show.
1: For the TV show. <laughs> his, Incidentally, his the hope.
0: first episode of this season's T V show came out yesterday. Oh, did it? I'm sure. So that's they just... they really had a great like PR week, I'm sure it's tons a, of people were googling, I'm just sure it's just a coincidence googling that. Chicago Fire someone yeah. did suggest yesterday that Chicago Fire sounds more like a barbecue restaurant than a football club or a TV show or a TV show but anyway enough jokes about Chicago Fire um, is it a good move for him what sort uh, of club I'm sort of interested in what sort of club Chicago Fire is to because yeah, I don't so really know a lot about it kind of,
1: it depends on what his priorities are if, if he wants to move to a good club uh, the answer is no it's oh. it's a very bad move. Um <laughs> they they've been they they were once good in, in sort of the early years of of MLS, um, but the last couple of seasons they've pretty much been rock bottom of the Eastern Conference. It's more of a basketball um, ten. Pretty hopeless. Yeah, they used to have a great basketball team too. Hmm. Um but uh no, they they won the, the, the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in baseball for the first time in however many oh, that's true. hundred yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Um so, so they're doing okay, but no, the the, the football team is really quite bad, um, and it's actually kind of interesting. They they signed a couple of defensive midfielders, sort of high profile defensive midfielders by MLS standards this summer. Um, so then I don't know where exactly Schweinsteiger fits into the 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 puzzle there. I think he'll probably play a bit further forward, what uh, sort of more as a as a number ten. I really I can't see really. Uh, that's what I think. I mean, unless they have some sort of magic plan, but.
0: Um, he could be their social media guy. He's thirty-five times the amount of followers that the Chicago Fire account have.
1: Yeah, that that would be a good good spot for him as well. Um, but no, basically, yeah, I I I can't see this team doing well. So I think he just wants to kind of enjoy living in Chicago and making a good living. And in that respect, it'll probably be a decent move.
2: I have a quick question. So I remember when was it Jermaine Jones moved to the MLS? Right, there were issues Correct. with what team he would play for. Yes, And is it still... Does the MLS, does the league itself still pick and place players? So, Obviously, if a Beckham or someone comes, I'll be like, okay, pick whatever team you want. Did did Schweini have a choice here? It's, or? it's
1: really, really complicated. It depends on the kind of player. Um, and if he's, for example, a US international, if he's a young player, uh, there's these things called discovery rights where, where MLS clubs are allocated the right uh, for having discovered a player. Uh, in this case... Uh, I think it was basically just a choice between uh, Schweinsteiger and, and Chicago. Okay. Oh, that is um, interesting, a, a, I didn't know that. They had one of those designated player spots right. open for him so that they pay, can pay him a ton of money and it doesn't count that much towards their, their payroll.
0: Was it 3.6 million a year? I think in uh, that could be the Euro figure, yeah. He cost United £800,000 per game. £800,000 per lot. game.
3: That is a lot. Isn't He's it? a World Cup winner though, so it might be fair. <laughs> Does he have more social media followers the Man United I did, oh. that
0: I don't know I haven't checked that one but mm. he certainly does uh, he certainly does with Chicago anyway the season is up and running we are three games in uh, what's the story so far Danny Galaxy have been rubbish without Robbie Keane yeah they're, they're and Minnesota definitely... United yeah my new favourite team um, no, so lots of fun stuff happening.
1: Obviously, there are two new teams in the league: uh, Atlanta, Atlanta United, and Minnesota. And it's really been a, a tale of two uh, expansion teams, as as we call them over there. Um, Minnesota have been pretty awful, and and Atlanta have been really, really good. Uh, so so that's all. But they've both they've both got great interest and and sort of a lot of support around. So that's been great to see. Um, I think one of the big highlights has been lots of goals and very bad defending which we've become accustomed to. Oh, that's perfect. Um, in, in, in MLS so it makes for quite good viewing. Uh, I don't think it's it's helping anyone take the league more seriously if you, if you watch it there's some really
0: comical. From an from an American play. perspective though is the more goals and comical defending does that make it more entertaining or more, yeah, so o- more accessible I, I, m- to them? My,
1: my theory is that it's always been completely intentional on the part of MLS who of course as we know are very strategic about how they grow everything um the the sort of pace structure encourages very top heavy teams with sort of these superstar commercially Mm -hmm. viable attacking players and then to make up for that you have to have really amateur defenders in some cases literally defenders signed from amateur clubs Mm -hmm. um which again makes for makes for great viewing um and and some good sort of viral twitter clips
0: but uh I don't know how serious, serious you can take it. Well, I was shocked to learn, and you might be too, Oli, is that uh, Tato Martino is in charge of Atlanta United. Really? The Tato Martino. It's
3: uh, not quite Barcelona.
0: It's not quite Barcelona.
1: Well, <laughs> well there, I, I think there's some way to becoming sort of the Barcelona of MLS in a way. They've, I'm going I'm to back Go this up with a statistic. Through three games, they, they've, they've won twice and and lost once, I think very unfortunately, to New York Red Bulls. They've scored 11 goals in their first three games as a club, and they're only the second ever club in MLS history of any club, not just new clubs, to score 11 goals in their first three games.
0: Oof. Yeah. That would make uh, Miguel Almiron their Messi.
1: Yes, Almiron. <laughs> who, so, yeah. Like what I did there? Great, huh? great uh, very good name drop. Um, he's, uh, he's the
0: only player I know. Yeah.
1: Um no he's been great. So basically what they've done is they they've they've in stark contrast to Minnesota, they've invested lots of money, uh brought in a a, a shiny new manager with great professional experience, uh brought in some really high profile Latin American players, um, and sold fifty five thousand tickets for their first game. So Wow. Yeah, yeah. Which uh which was the sixth biggest attendance of any game in the world that weekend.
2: So is that, is that like a blueprint the rest of the MLS should follow rather than bringing in Schweinsteigers, maybe bring in some good coaches some managers?
1: Yeah, and I think we're going to get to that in a bit. They've discovered that that South American players or Latin American players like Almiron, uh, who, who who's Paraguayan, have great value. Um, and I, so I think he, he actually cost them quite a bit of money. But based on what we've seen so far, he's sort of a, a wonderful, like, traditional South American playmaker with a left foot, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, very slick and and really making things happen for them. The other player I'd highlight is uh, Joseph Martinez, who's come in on loan from Torino. But after three games, he's scored five goals and they've already turned his loan into a permanent move. Wow. That's um,
0: all you got to do to get a permanent move? Score five <laughs> goals in MLS. Yeah. I'm going to get back
1: good. to doing my sprints and squats. So, um, yeah, all very exciting for Atlanta.
0: Uh, I want to talk to you quickly about Bruce Arena and the tough job facing him but is there anything else you wanted to crowbar in about uh, MLS? There's been a sacking.
1: There has already been a sacking, yeah. It's, three games uh, in. It's, it's all action. Real Salt Lake have sacked their
0: manager uh, Jeff Sorry, the, name, I, I, the name I, I, Real Salt Lake always makes me giggle. A little it, little. it makes
1: me giggle too. They, I, I don't quite understand that one because um, they gave him a one year extension to his contract uh, before the season and then fired him three games in but... Such MLS. is life in, yeah. in
0: MLS. Okay, so is... Uh, yeah, USA, they've played two, won none, drawn none, lost two. Is Bruce Arena going to make them great again?
1: Yeah, so there it's, it's again a team uh, in a very, very tough position um, in their qualifying group. I mean, that's why Jurgen Klinsmann was, was sacked after, after mm-hmm. dropping the first two games. The, the truth of the matter is that they'll probably qualify anyways. It's very difficult in this, uh, in this format. There's six teams... Uh, and the top three get automatic, and the the fourth uh, gets has to play a playoff. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you avoid the the bottom two spots, you'll qualify. Um, but but in a way, the, the, it's a really big game. I mean, Bruce Arena's first competitive game against Honduras this week, uh, and he has a lot to prove. I think. Is that in Honduras? That one is at home. I think. Yeah, that one's at home. Okay.
0: That's all we have time for today. My thanks to Fab, Danny, Ollie and our producer, Damien. Remember, wherever you are in the world, please go to your local iTunes store, give us a rating and please leave a comment to let us know what you think of the pod. Thanks for that and thanks for listening.